This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Policy Genius. Stop putting off life insurance. You can save up to 40% just by comparing policies at PolicyGenius.com. Today's show is also sponsored by NatureBox. NatureBox delivers high-quality, healthy snacks right to your door. So get 50% off your first order by going to naturebox.com slash badchristian. And third, but definitely not last, today's show is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by visiting ziprecruiter.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Policy genius, nature box zip recruiter. That's how we pay the bills, so support them. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big, We love our, we love our sponsors. Yeah, I know. That gets y'all keyed up. You can tell the energy. Just, you know, talking about our sponsors. You know what? Well, here's, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. The sponsors of this podcast, like t- today, is Policy Genius, Nature Box, and Zip Recruiter. They actually help us make this podcast happen. So I am forever indebted to them. Yeah. Like, and we, we kind of made an initial, uh, early on, we were like, hey, we, we want to be honest with the, with the products or businesses or websites mm-hmm. that we promote. And so that's what I think is pretty cool. All these people, like we get to talk to them on the phone. Also, it's kind of crazy that I, I do this because yeah, it's crazy. The, the radio radio shows I listen to, other podcasts I listen to, oftentimes I'll hear a, nat- a nature box ad or a ZipRecruiter ad or a Policy Genius ad, and I think it's so cool. It like it almost feels like it validates what I'm doing because yeah. we get to do this. It makes it more real that we have sponsors. Mm-hmm. I, I and of course this feels like a big ad. <laughs> no, it's not. But people, it's always been nice that people have been happy for us because we just seem like boneheads. And the fact that a real company will come and we can make money from that, it's, I feel like the audience has always been really like laughing all the way to the bank with us that we get to do that. And it actually right. is real and validating. And it, it's just, I don't know, I think it's pretty funny, really. And it's one of the neat things about it from a business point of view is it's a way to get money without having to make our fans give it to us, which is one of the right. downsides about, like, how many times are you going to just keep marketing products and telling the same people to give you money over and over and over again? That's not really, I mean, this is a good way to support right. what, what we do. It just, you know... I, been pretty cool so far that we've been able to do it. I don't know if it'll last forever. I can't imagine anything will, but it's been it's been amazing that we can dedicate the time, this much time and stuff to it. Yeah, un- unfortunately, when we started, we we started with uh, the sponsor. We were sponsoring X Three Watch, and we started off on the wrong foot, lack of integrity because we were talking like we were trying to not watch porn, but we all knew but that, that was Toby a big was, lie. Yeah, yeah, he was in his deepest <laughs> yeah. season of porn. Uh, well. I learned from pastors to you say one thing, but you do something else. <laughs> no, yeah, well, see, that's an interesting insight, but that's almost that is a funny way to say that. But that is uh, that is kind of the way that people think. They actually make that. I think it's a miscalculation right. in their head. They think, well, I've already done the bad thing, or I already am the bad way, so and it won't be helpful to demonstrate that. Right. So it's a very easy calculation to say, even if I am not. The person that I'm saying I am, at least the person that I'm projecting is a helpful person to other people. So that's the, that, and that is what we basically, I'm not saying pastors do that about money or porn or something like that, but whatever it is, yeah. that's one of the biggest human impulses is to, in the name of helping other people, you get the, the tag along of you look better. And that is so 
deceptive. I just can't believe that people don't pick up on that, that the very thing that you're saying, and in your brain, you've convinced yourself that by projecting this image or making sure I sound the best that I can sound, then that will actually be helpful to people. And that's why it's important. And I'll work on my behavior too, but it's very important to say it this way and appear this way because that will be helpful to people. And what you don't yeah. real, what you don't admit to yourself is the tag, the tag along part of that is you get to look better. And you can say that's not right. why you do it, but it, it is. You just you're you've self deceived when you're doing that when you're churching it up. That's where that expression comes from, I imagine. Well, one hundred percent. And and I'll be honest here. I was just in, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this. We were just on tour with Emory, and I, before the Emory shows, I did uh, two True Man events in uh, uh, San Antonio and Dallas, and they were just so awesome. I, I mean, I was really blown away. It kind of reignited my excitement for true and i'm doing uh, a true man tour from october 7th through october 21st you can go to trueman.experience.com and sign up i'm going all the way from kansas city uh all the way to the east coast up the east coast knoxville charlotte richmond baltimore new york philadelphia pittsburgh cleveland and louisville kentucky and kansas city on the october 7th go to trueman.experience.com check that out but another ad sorry guys but i uh, i'll be honest talking about how uh you know you don't want to look good it's so I'm in San Antonio, have an awesome true man night where just just guys get together and kind of are open and honest about the relationships they have with others, culture, the, their fathers, all kinds of stuff. And then I'm driving the next day to uh, Dallas, and and halfway there is Bucky's gas station. If you don't know Bucky's gas station, it's like the one of my favorite places on earth. It has like 50 stalls for bathrooms, uh, unbelievable urinals, the cleanest bathrooms I've ever been to, giant mega gas station. Matt, you've been there. Oh, it's the best. Joey, yeah. you might have been there. It's just the greatest pit stop. They're in Texas, but, yeah. But I'm going to these events. I'm leading these events called True Man Events, and at Bucky's are just some of the most beautiful short, short wear, short shorts <laughs> wearing women, and I am just checking them out and objectifying them. And I was just like, what the hell is wrong with me? I'm, I, I'm talking about masculinity and what it means to be a man and what is good and what is uh, not so good for our brains and what's going on. And, I, and I'm just walking out going, man, that, that lady, I literally was just checking her out. And, and True Man is not all about, almost none about like actual sex and lust or anything. We, don't, we haven't really even gotten into that too much. But I, I was just thinking, man, I... I'm not a good guy. Like I, I objectified a lady. I checked her out in a way that was for me, not like honoring her or thinking she's beautiful or anything. And, and I was just like, "Fuck!" I, I I'm ne I think sometimes God allows this for me to have stuff like this to happen to pull me down a peg because there's it, it's easy for me to think of myself as oh I'm leading the true man and I'm doing something, but I love it when God goes, "Hey." You, you see these parts of your life too, right? Like, I mean, you, you see that you have weaknesses and anger issues and uh, mistrust and lust. All, like, there's a shitload of stuff in Toby Morell's life that isn't good and that I, I feel like I, I'm working on and calling out. And, and I'm so glad that that happens. I'm so glad that this podcast exists where I can tell literally 50 to 100,000 people that I'm shitty as fuck. Like, I'm, I'm no hero <laughs> I'm not a good guy. Yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not the guy that you can look to and go, man. He's really awesome. I'd like to aspire to be like him. No, you don't. You should do yeah. the opposite. And like, so now I, you have and, a distinct problem of it's a one way ticket too, which is kind of good. It feels like getting a tattoo or committing to doing something like this because it's not like you can right. just reverse course and start start be a uh, 
right. be the other type of person five years from now. You know, you just it's a one way ticket to, to transparency right. sometimes, which I, I, I mean, get a I, kick out of. I, I think unfortunately, it was never meant to be anything different. Like as far as church leadership, and I mean, I think probably this was an outgrowth. Uh, from the priesthood, like the priesthood was always the person that was your liaison between uh, you and God, and it's always been that way. Like the pastor, church leaders, if you're an elder. I mean, I was telling my brother uh, the other day that I remember in the eighth grade, uh, I went to a Clemson football game. So it was my first one. It was in 1991, and yeah. the kid's dad that took me, he he also took two of his buddies. So it was three adult men and three middle school boys. And we we went into this old hotel, and they had like a list of VHS that you can check out, and one of them was Malibu Beach. And it had girls in their bikinis, and we just kept joking around, let's get Malibu Beach, let's get... Well, the joke eventually turned into... We're going to really do this. So we went to the office. We got it. We had no idea that it was basically porn. This guy is an elder at a church, and the six of us basically watched porn that whole night. And there was one play, There was one time and where masturbated. the guy... I did. Yes. In my sleeping bag on the floor. Yes, I did. And like there is at one point, the guy said, I mean, should we... Uh, y'all, y'all ready to go to bed? Like almost like the invitation to shut it down right and everybody's like i'm i'm fine staying up pretty cool <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I like to I, i'm kind of invested like to see the end <laughs> but i mean it's just like that that should be the normal message that the church uh sends out to people is that we all are pretty far yeah. off and that we're not you know we're, we're covering some ground but we're still far away but unfortunately it's just not like that well also i, w- I would love to say too like uh, one of the things i'm realizing too is h- how easy it is for me to say oh man if if i don't check out a lady or i don't look at porn or I do something like like i've accomplished something that mm-hmm. means nothing that's just one aspect of my crazy brain and there's tons of stuff like being short with my family or being lazy with my time or, or coveting my own time. There's a million things. And so that's one thing that I'm realizing more and more in the Christian world. One of the things that we've, we've kind of messed up too is it's, it's so easy to, to go, these few things will make me more Christian. These few things will make me less Christian. It's just not true. And so that, that's why like I'm, I'm I'm feeling really good that I'm at a point where I can say that in front of thousands and thousands of people that I, you know, I feel weak in certain areas or whatever, but also not spending time, uh, uh, not wasting time on that going, oh man, I'm shitty. I'm just the worst person in the world. I'm this, this, and this. And and God, please forgive me again for my weakness. No, no. what I want to do is keep moving along. Like I drove to True Man and had that awesome night where dudes were open and honest and rad and just saying all kinds of stuff that was just, man, just would break your heart if you heard. And and so that's where I'm really excited. I I feel like if if I was going to toot Bad Christian's horn, one thing I would say is least... We've showed people it's okay to be shitty because everybody is at some point. Mm-hmm. You know but what I mean? Like at least that. That goes against people's impulse. It goes, but you're giving license to it or at worst profiting off of. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if you, you know, I don't, whatever. I don't, I don't know, know if you nonsense. actually believe that, Toby. I don't think that you believe it's okay. I think you believe that it's a reality, so we might as well deal with it Look. and be open about it. But it's not, none of us are okay. Nobody wants to, no, yeah, nobody thinks, oh man, lust is actually really awesome or being mean to your families. That's not what, it, yeah, if, if I'm saying, if y'all think I said that, no. What I'm saying is, it's the norm. 
Right. Yeah. People are shitty. People make mistakes in an instant. That you might be terribly shitty in one moment, and the next moment be the most gracious, loving, forgiving person you could be, and that's normal. Yeah, but, it, but it's not it's inherent in the way that it's discussed that you're not saying it's okay. I mean, you don't. You, it's not. It's just not. That's that, just so. Great point. That's just so great obvious. Point. Like you're being dishonest, or so, you're doing something logically weird when you're saying you're glorifying something to talk honestly about it, or even to use oh yeah a joke about it. So even if I joke about me looking at porn, that the joke inherently contains the information of the, the acknowledgement of the negativity of it. It's yeah. in there, and if you don't see that, you're being dishonest with yourself, or you're stupid. Or you're, for me, or you're just for, that, hadn't figured it out yet, and you should wake up. There's something there. I mean, when people when people push back on this, I think the lowest hanging fruit is okay. Let's just go down a list of the top Christians that you thought were just doing unbelievable work for the Lord, and maybe they were, but behind the scenes were doing the worst stuff imaginable, and that was right. supposed to be They're the related. cream of the crop. I mean. Yeah. Toby and I were just were just talking about uh, someone who we would have least expected, uh, someone a lot older than us, is getting a divorce, and it just it's shocking. But it is a reinforcement of um, that should be expected from everyone. Those sorts or, of surprises. Or that it's available. Like the idea of uh, divorce is off the table is a key factor to leading to divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like the idea that hey, uh, that that uh, being ha- being rude to your family or short mm-hmm. or not not uh, worried about finances or whatever it might be. Like all the things that I feel like when I grew up, I grew up in very small conservative church in the backwoods of South Carolina. And uh, <laughs> it, it felt like everything was hidden. Well, and taboo I did, I did, might be a good word for it, it. Yes, exactly. And it was, and the way it was implied to me from even my family was that's not the norm or the right thing. Those people are messed up. But yeah. now I'm starting to realize, wait a minute, messed up is normal. Yeah, it is normal. That, that's okay. It, it, and it's okay. Like even, I mean, we were talking a little bit before this about like, the politically correct culture and what you can say and can't say anymore. And I really am concerned that we no longer allow people just to fuck up or to say something or to learn from it. Like some of my biggest learning moments in my life is immediately after weeks, after years, after I fucked up royally. Like, and that's okay. Including misspeaking about race, for instance. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Misspeaking about race, misspeaking about gender. Or misthinking. How about about, misthinking uh, about race? I've done it a million times. So don't you think, don't you think the, uh, so here's, here's the thing. If someone messes up on your order at McDonald's, you may be a little annoyed, but you're not going to flip out, go crazy and call the governor. However, (laughs) if someone, if someone misses, messes up on a diagnosis of your husband and he ends up dying because of that, it's, you're going to flip your lid because in the medical field, you shouldn't make mistakes because we're talking about life here. Isn't it the same sort of thing nowadays? It's like, yeah, you can make a mistake saying something about certain things and people will give you a pass, but race, you just can't make a mistake with that. And to me, it's like mistakes can be made in any area, in any topic, in any subject. And I just think it's crazy. The very nature of a mistake Mm-hmm. Is accidental. Well, but, but it's worth it's worth qualifying that you can have a mistake in your thinking. Okay, so that's where like everybody goes. Oh, you're not supposed to say this word. You're looking at it too shallowly when you say 
the politically correct is about the exact language that you use because part of it is you may think incorrectly about something and that can still yeah. be a mistake based on weird information and all this other stuff that still doesn't that thing where you're trying to analyze people and say well deep you'll say deep down i know he's a racist even though he didn't misspeak so and maybe he is or maybe has some thoughts that are misguided at the moment maybe that's maybe right. that's true too but it's a lot more complex than that for sure so and, and you're right in that analogy about a doctor like the stakes are higher and so you could rightly say the stakes are higher when you're dealing with race so maybe that's appropriate right. but i tell you one reason when you're dealing with cancers and mixed diagnosis, all those things are realities in this world. And thus, life insurance is important. It's not the most fun thing to talk about in the world, but again, it really is important. And I'm going to tell you about Policy Genius since you brought it up. PolicyGenius.com is the place to go to learn about life insurance. Compare quotes from America's top providers and save up to 40% on your policy. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but that this type of thing this website has never existed before they have placed over five billion dollars in life insurance and their interface is super friendly it helps you work out exactly which policy is right for you you know the thing where you have to get insurance or something and you go to somebody's office and he's a financial planner and you know that by the time you walk out of there he's going to have you sold on whatever it is that he thinks you should have well not with policy genius you're going to literally get to compare online with no pressure uh what the different policies are and so they don't just do life insurance. They also do health insurance. You can insure your pet on Policy Genius. It's a resource for the consumer. That is really how this thing works, and it's good stuff. So if you've been putting off life insurance or want to make sure the insurance you have is right for you, you can just double-check it by going to policygenius.com today. You can save up to 40% just by comparing the policies. The quotes are free, and there's no sales pressure or hassle. Policygenius.com. It's life insurance for the 21st century. So what do you make of, uh, I was going to say too, when you talk about pastors doing that, the thing that's always interesting to me about culture is the farther and farther it goes along, we become comfortable with uh, types, archetypes, stereotypes, whatever it is, and then we're able to recognize them. And I think that's one of the interesting things about our current moment is a lot of people, listeners of the show, would be an example of a movement where people are just waking up and all understanding what these, what this built-in archetype of pastor is or church and these systems. It takes a while to recognize them because they, they get traction and start working way ahead of everybody's understanding. And when you see a certain thing enough times and you start recognizing the pattern, you go, oh, that's this, or oh, that's like that. But that doesn't happen until something is well done, propagated, and replicated enough for the common person, a me or a you or a listener out there, to recognize it. And so it's a really good functioning thing that the public and the culture is adjusting. It doesn't mean everything's yeah. bad. It doesn't mean everything is wrong. But it's nice to know that we're getting back on equal footing from time to time. So in examples of those, I'm not comparing them directly, but I want to talk about some of these different types here. Pastor, stand-up comedian, used car salesman. And even the, the most dramatic example would be a snake oil salesman, which is often used as a uh, euphemism. But they literally were a real thing. A snake oil salesman is a real thing that they would sell snake oil and promise it did all these things. But they would go town right. to town way before there's, of course, internet or newspapers. And all you got to do by being a scammer that goes town to town is you have a game of language and human behavior and all these manipulations all stacked up on top of each other. You have prior knowledge, you know the people, you've targeted them. But when the people encounter you, they don't know that. They are unassuming or unwitting victims of such things like scams like that. And eventually, 
a word travels enough, and it maybe took 50 years for people to recognize snake oil salesmen and the like. Uh, a used car salesman is a more modern equivalent of that. We've got that where we just say, oh, you know, like a used car salesman. And so when, when a used car salesman <laughs> says the typical language they sell, say to you, you already hear it through the filter of knowing what it is. And therefore, yeah. you can go on a used car lot and know that the, the guy's not literally telling the truth, but you can still play the game with him. But there was a period of time when they emerged in small car lots and high-pressure sales where it was sitting ducks. Now it's only like the dumber or inexperienced people that get hosed by a lemon right. car dealer, whatever kind of thing. And so yeah. we're in the period of time where We've recognized enough ticks, partly through information sharing, sermon sharing, you know, being able to compare all these things where we realize, oh, some of these churches, some of the larger churches and these religious systems, they've just kind of got a certain thing down. And we now that we start to wake up to it, that's a good thing. It's a count. It doesn't mean that, and it sounds like I'm comparing the two like it's evil or wrong, but it does hit on what we were saying before is it's just some general impulses and desire for power and gain, things that are built into the person. It doesn't make them evil, but it's part of who they are that emerge in these systemic ways to where now, over the last 15, 20 years, especially the megachurches have been just a good example of how that thing gets running down a road, and then the general public was not necessarily prepared to see it, and now they do see it. So now we have the counterbalancing force where we go, oh, that's the time. That's why it's so funny for goofballs like us to make fun of, oh, that time where they make everybody shake hands for five minutes and it's so awkward. We all know what we're talking about now. But the first time you encountered that, you didn't know it was a thing that that everybody else knew or was funny or how they passed the, you know, whatever it is, the, you know, the, the, the big ass and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I think is really neat. And I was re realizing that the other night, I wanted to talk about being on tour and other stuff like that, but we did stand up comedy the other night. It was unbelievable. We were on tour with Emery and uh, Micah, who used to work at Tooth and Nail, lives in Nashville and runs an open mic night. And all of Emory went on tour to that and went to the open mic night. And we all put our name on the list and got up and did stand-up comedy for the first time. And <laughs> it, I just, it was the scariest was thing the I've ever done. Thing, almost, but think. it reminds me of pastors. Pastors and stand-up comedians just have such so much in common and they're just so opposite. It's all about controlling. like Just all the <laughs> elements there. Like Even stand-up comedy is an art. I don't think there's anything bad about that or preaching. I'm just saying there's an art form to it where you – if you start studying it, not just observing it on a Netflix special, we start looking at it. There's certain things they do to earn trust, set up an expectation, pay off the delivery here. You know, there's there's just a systematic way to do it that could be understood, and it will it will work on an audience. And that, that that's just my brain. Once I start thinking about something, I start thinking about how it works and what's behind right. it and stuff like that. And I just can't believe the parallels to how similar stand-up comedy is from you know, lead prominent pastor, except for the, the, com the comedians tell the truth more. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't really mean yeah. that as a joke. And, and I know they probably exaggerate and I know that they even lie or make up bits that are just illustrations of stuff, but you, you get the distinct feeling that there's more truth in there. And I've known that since I was little, when I heard comedians like Rodney Dangerfield talk about marriage being bad, I just thought, well, this couldn't be that sounds that that's bad. That's not what I think. That's not what you're supposed to say. But why else right. would it work if it what it didn't represent something true? You know, 
And so that's right. the impulse to make the self-deprecation is what works in the comedy club. That's what everybody does. They get up there. They say, well, I'm, yeah, I'm this way, you know, uh, whatever. And so they start with, and that because it makes you feel comfortable and safe. It makes you think, well, he must be telling the truth because why would you say something like that otherwise? And then now that person trusts you and you can take them down the road of what, whatever comedy they want to do and everything. And that's why it resonates because you feel not alone and all this stuff. So it, it's only because they're telling the truth or some version of course of that in the in the medium and format they're in that makes it work and it's, it's it relates to what y'all were saying about the freaking you know the way pastors are they, the impulse is making stuff look better but that's so true do you know that's so it's, it's true really uh, because it goes back to what you were saying earlier is people have been trained to just believe that if that pastor has the microphone and they're on stage and they've got a little longevity mm -hmm. then we can just Pretty much buy into everything shortcut. he's yeah. he or she says. That's and, one of and the just follows. Yeah. That's just, just follow. that's just one of them, and that particular is, mechanism is the one where you trust them because they've get been given credibility by the platform. Because you assume without even thinking about it in your brain, you you take a natural shortcut as a person and go, well, he must have gotten there because of enough whatever. Like you just attribute expertise and competence to them because otherwise they wouldn't have this position. But now we right. know these positions and these platforms can be manufactured or bought. You know, like followership and social media presence, all these things can raise your, what people assume is your credibility. And then it's a shortcut. And then we take the easy shortcut of saying, well, so he must know what he's talking about, or he, you know, he must be trustworthy. And he's talking about Jesus, which is the biggest shortcut of all cheat code in the world is to, to disguise what you like and care about as something of eternal, ultimate importance and transport. Well, to, this is God, not me. That's the that, biggest shortcut you can ever take. And that, right. I mean, real quick, something that you just said, I, I mean, I, I feel like it needs to be stated emphatically. For someone to become a pastor nowadays, you cannot assume integrity. You cannot assume honesty. I mean, it. you can become a pastor and go through some maybe hard work and talk to people, raise money and all that stuff, but no one challenge you on, hey, mm -hmm. you know you're really prideful and arrogant and self-serving, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can get through the system without even being challenged mm -hmm. by that sort of stuff. And I mean, then you take the denominationals, our, our uh, churches are, are really no better because for them, it's like, oh, you went through all of the education. Here's your degree. Here's your certificate. Go find a church. And the person may suck at pastoring. He may be good at like managing or immoral something. But human, I mean. Yeah, I mean, just, that, you know, it, and, fundamentally and that unqualified. Is, that is when you really need to take a, a step back, and when you go to a church and you're looking for you know a fellowship or something, and there is that one leader, don't just assume because he has that position that it's merited for him to have it. I mean that that's a well, really uh, yeah, silly it's almost more of an nowadays. indictment of the system, not like oh find the good ones, and it's not even about that. It's just now you recognize that the system, you know, sets that up. Period. Like the whole system is is what's is what is viewed as. It's just is. I mean, what are there good car used car dealers? I guess, yeah, sure. But that, we understand used car lots are a certain thing that are a certain way. Then they're not the only thing, or the best thing, or the right thing. They could be a bad right. thing. But yeah. I feel like that moment of being up on stage trying to struggle through comedy. It what or or at least for me doing that was like, wait a minute, this is. It was so dis arming like so vulnerable of a f feeling to have to get up there and do that and not know what you were doing and if it was going to work 
you almost get the feeling like that's the purest thing. Like you don't see pastors get that <laughs> opportunity. Like what if you had to just take the average Christian and then throw him up Sunday? You're on. Yeah. Whatever right. he said, he would struggle through. Would would be re- at least it'd be re- it would be poor quality by any standard of a, a sermon delivered. But whatever came out of his mouth it would be like more representative of the genuine struggle of a human. You know what I mean? Like it's not as funny. Whatever we did in the thing, I don't know. It was all disaster basically because we didn't, right. don't know it. But there's something about once somebody knows all the procedures and how to manipulate that makes it. Well, that's not the same thing as actually just being natural and funny, right? It's just practice at that point. I've often wondered that, like, this sounds awful. And, Joey, I'll I'll let you answer this question. But do y'all ever think that a pastor rises to success not from God enabling him to spread the gospel, but just because that's a natural talent? Yeah, speaking in front of people. He's he's good at oral communication. Right. And he's just, he's a good stage, has a good stage presence and all that stuff. And that's what is the thing. Like, that's just a. A natural gift he has just like some well, people he, are good at playing guitar their fingers can move faster than mine or a, a guy's good at basketball mm-hmm. so well think about sports, this football how many disgustingly well, ugly true. pastors have you ever seen <laughs> yeah of like mega many, churches yeah well let, let, you know so here, here's what that. i'll say i don't think we not can give a definitive uh, i don't think we can give a definitive answer as to whether or not someone has like a special calling but i do know this and toby you sat through an all staff where pastor chris hodges from Church of the Highlands. Uh, he was like one of the first ARC plants, uh, yeah. church plants, and it's a huge church. So we don't even need to talk about whether or not he's called to do that, but I guarantee you if he wasn't doing that, he would be overseeing a humongous company and he'd be the CEO and he would be doing one hell of a job mm-hmm. because yes. his organizational skills and what he was able to build and his process and his jawline, they're <laughs> unmatchable. Yeah. I mean, they're just unreal. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, uh, I mean, it, it's there's not everybody can do what Stephen Furtick did. It, you just can't. You, you can't just take. Uh, right. So my point is, that just because he's good at it, does that mean he needs to be preaching the gospel? Right. Like that. That's right. what I'm saying. It, it, it is that he's good at it. Like that he is good at that. Nobody thinks, man, this guy has a calling to be an NFL quarterback. They go, no, he's really good at it. <laughs> yeah. But but with preaching, it's a calling, man. I'm supposed to be up here in front of people sharing the gospel. No, you're good at it. Now, God can enable you and make, and make a difference and use those skills. And, and I'm sure a lot of pastors say, yeah, but God gave me those skills, just like the football player, whatever. And but the Bible, they're kind of messed up. Like Moses is bad at speaking. They don't get that anymore, right? Yeah, but I, I, I think we should right. just— That's I think, right. I think we should demystify the calling. called anybody I, since. It was bad at a bo- bad public orator since Moses. The last one he called, he's like, <laughs> that didn't work too good. Joey, I think you're right. I feel it makes me feel weird when people say I have a calling because that means they're telling you God chose them to do this. Yeah. And that and how do you argue against you, that? No, you argue I mean, against I, God. What, what that's, do you a, say? that's that's the my, shortcut. Now you have to argue against yeah. God to challenge them, not them. Yeah. Right. My my thing is I don't think it's completely out of the question, but I, I think that there is probably whatever whatever someone has that makes them feel called to pastor a church. I think probably the chief of a huge fire department in New York City, he probably feels the same thing about his job. So I think we should probably de-mystify uh, no, calling. No, he, just, no, I'm t- 100% disagree with you. I don't think he thinks that. I think he thinks, I worked my ass off to get here, and I and now I am the chief of 
uh, the fire department in New York City. Like, I, that's normal. Like, I think, man, people say, Emory, you know, like, I feel like I dedicated a huge portion of my life and, and got good, uh, better at singing, writing lyrics, all this stuff. I really worked hard. And then because some things happened, I ended up being in a great position. But I set myself up for that. Pastors, they go, uh, I was called. Uh, so that's why that that I don't think that any other profession thinks they were called to do something. I think they think I worked my ass off to get here. Yeah, I'm yeah. gifted, and if I optimize my chances statistically, I'm likely to make it to I mean co- college it's, athletics, etc. It's interesting because I would say what I'm doing right now, I feel like I am right in. I, I hate the word sweet spot, but everybody will know <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm right in my sweet spot to where this is what I'm decent at, and. So I, I just see that mixed in with okay calling, but yeah, I see you know what you're, you're decent at that, but you know what you're excellent at uh, eating, snacking. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you this: we just got Nature Box that came in the mail, and all of us are snacking from it. Even they have a Big Island pineapple, and you're thinking, okay, dried fruit. For somehow they make it taste amazing. I gave my daughter, I said, hey, try this. She loves pineapples. She loved that. So NatureBox has over 100 snacks that taste good. They're actually better for you. All the snacks are made from high quality, simple ingredients, which means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners. So you can feel good about what you're eating. Um, some of my favorites are the, uh, actually, it's a new favorite, the Big Island Pineapple, but I also tried Cinnamon Toast Kettle Corn, which was unbelievable and then another new one that i tried and really liked a lot is the almond pecan granola so super good stuff you're sure to find your new snack obsession at nature box the ad uh, they add new snacks every month inspired by real customer feedback the latest food trends and professional chefs so it's very simple right now go to naturebox.com choose the snacks you want and nature box will deliver them right to your door it's it's actually kind of fun to get that at your door and there's no risk so if you ever try a snack you don't like, don't eat it. NatureBox will replace it for free. So right now, NatureBox is offering you guys, our listeners, 50% off your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash badchristian. So that's naturebox.com slash badchristian for half off your first order. Can't You know, you can't beat that. Absolutely. So, Joey, the most nervous I've ever been was doing that comedy the other night. We did, had all those shows. We did a bunch <laughs> of podcasts, and we were done with shows and everything. It was the I last day after it. the tour, and I had nothing to do, so I should have felt like a million bucks, like a whole day off before I fly home, and I just... I was growing nervous about it the whole tour as the day approached, so I was just almost ready. Couldn't even, almost couldn't eat that day. <laughs> it was All right, the stupidest let's, nothing thing ever. There was let's like don't, twenty let, people. Let's don't totally. Uh, let's don't totally tease the audience. At least give somebody an idea of what one of your jokes was about. I'll tell. I'll say one of mine. T- not you don't have to say the joke, but just at least give a premise yeah. about what you're saying. Because I I don't want anybody ever to see the actual mm-hmm. stand up that I did. But I, I can give you a premise. Matt, yeah. do you want to give yours first? No, like I said before, with Rodney Dangerfield, when I was a kid and saw that, I didn't know anything about stand-up comedy and hadn't even been a lifelong fan of it or anything. But just I always think that what he, family stuff or, you know, what Louis C.K. and Rodney Dangerfield would say about marriage and family and kids, I just think that's always so funny, um, obviously, because we do that on the show, which we get so much flack for. And I think people have to obviously understand, like, 
uh, people say we talk bad about our wives, which I don't even think that doesn't even make sense <laughs> to me. I don't even really understand what that would mean because to me it just seems like we're comfortable to talk in whatever way. And when you make a joke, it's just obviously that's part of joking. I just don't. I just cannot understand. You know, so anything that's taboo for other people to talk about is interesting to me. So I made fun of marriage being bad. I made fun of uh, my favorite thing to make fun of lately is the womb. Uh, it, because it's people say it's a really the w- most wonderful place in the world, and then I just quoted you know the the miscarriage rate and demonstrated that it's pretty much one of the most dangerous places in the world. It's a bad, <laughs> bad, bad environment. If you know the statistics, it was really but. good. Matt did really good for sure. Matt did really good. Mine, I took the a different route. I kind of went into character, and mine was talking about like assholes, like that physical asshole, what it is. And that how strong your asshole is, is it's like the strongest part of your body. And then I talked about how uh, teenage boys masturbate. So that's why uh, Kevin couldn't be in Home Alone 3. They had to get rid of Kevin Macaulay Calkin because yeah. teenage <laughs> teenage Kevin would have been a uh, porno. It would have been a so spankathon. Right, right. That's what that would have been. Cause it, a teenage kid, a teenage man, boy, whatever, Home Alone gets naked and masturbates. So that was my big joke. So. I would have but made fun true. of pastors the whole time. I would have made fun of pastors. I wish you were there to do it because Dave did it, Josh did it, Devin did it, everybody did it. Was, it was so exciting. Yeah, I would so have fun. done it, but the only difference between me and you guys is I wouldn't have been as good and I wouldn't have been nervous at no, all. No, that's what, that's what I told I was like, Joey wouldn't have been nervous at all. There would have been. I was pacing. I felt sick, like I was going to throw up. It was miserable. Like I, There's no point that I enjoyed it. No, no. I'm so, and I'm so glad I did it. I might do it again. But there was nothing where I was like, whoa. You know, like after a killer Emory show, I'm like, wow, man, the crowd was so awesome. There was no joy. <laughs> there wasn't anything where I was like, yeah, man, all right, I did it. It was just like, oh, I'm so glad it's over. It was horrific. It was awful. I hope I never do it again. And now I'm thinking, I was I all I was all blackout, <laughs> like out of body, like I am, like I say, during sex. Right? I just don't know what's happening. Like it just happened. <laughs> I know, and it was over. I and I, I guess I I remember way. doing it, but I don't really remember doing it. That's the way I feel. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Like it felt like when I went up, uh, a weird haze yeah. went over yeah. me until I walked off. Right. I don't. I, I'm surprised that you're able to to think. I, I was shocked at the ability to put together thoughts that weren't memorized or scripted. They were just ideas, and I was able to think through them and talk about them. But yet, I felt like I had no in body awareness of what who I was or what I was saying or anything. I felt totally dis dissociated from the per, the part of my body or brain that was doing the processing and talking. It was a really bizarre feeling. You know, you know that's really interesting because I felt the same way. I almost felt like I was floating above myself yeah, watching right. every <laughs> yeah. move and every word that I said. Like, like listening I wasn't, to myself I, think. That's I was like listening to yes, myself think from over 100%. there. And but I, but it was I, I was thinking and processing in real time because it wasn't memorized either. Like a, a guitar part, you know, it was weird. Right. And and you know what's funny too? We were talking about pastors earlier and the calling and all that stuff. But it really is funny, like with a pastor, pastors get so much benefit of the doubt, even so much so that like could you imagine a pastor like saying something and people booing him or telling him to go like, <laughs> or, or, like nobody laughing is or not saying allowed, yeah. I mean like there there's nothing. Like there is no, I mean, you can say the worst most horrific joke in the world and and your congregation's going to laugh because you're their pastor. Like you fact, have, I mean, you're in front of bigger crowds than we were. Uh, oftentimes, pastors are in front of bigger crowds than Emory's ever played in front of. And the entire 
congregation is going to die laughing and support their pastor. Like you're not going to get booed off stage. You're not going to go, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, get out of here. In fact, or when, no laughs. I mean, it's just easy. In fact, and I've seen this happen with my own eyes with with pastors like Stephen Furtick. You start taking your jacket off, and someone comes up to the stage and takes it for you, so you don't skip a beat while you're talking. So yeah, you get the complete opposite. It's a home well, crowd advantage. Yeah, like, let, you, you well, know, maybe me, that 100%. contributes to. That's what I'm going to ask about Joey though. You wouldn't be nervous when you do anything, but part of it is you've been trained in church where you can do no wrong. But I know. on the other hand, how do you think you would feel if you went to a comedy club and assumed I'm funny, I know how to talk, I do a podcast, and you got up there and it was humiliating, and you just absolutely did horrible, and people made fun of you while you were doing it, and you left the stage? Would you still not care? Or you just I think, like would you be able uh, okay, to not, so, that not bother so, you? First of all, I'm not immune to nervousness. In fact, I think the closest that I come to it is doing weddings because I feel like the stakes are a lot oh, higher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I have made right. uh, major mistakes before. But I think in that situation, I don't. I think that I could respond in such a bizarre manner that I at least take the audience through an experience, and then I just won't care because I'm like, who, who am I to these people? Nobody. So, you, so it you're, doesn't you're, matter. Your point is that you can't bomb. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I still. I'm going to give them an experience, no matter what. You like if they start booing me, I'm just funny. like, There's nothing you could do. You could. I can just start yelling and saying, "Why don't y'all come up here and do this? Y'all think this is easy?" <laughs> oh god, and just start falling apart. It I mean, people, their mouths would right. be wide open. They wouldn't okay, know what to do. I'll, I'll give you a clue of when you are bombing in church when you're in front of the congregation when you hear Priscilla fake laugh or do anything <laughs> that me, your yeah. wife that me, like for example i saw yesterday where joey uh, uh, uh priscilla made a post about y'all's daughter and how she had a rough day or whatever and joey made a a, a joke that i thought was funny but uh i don't know if everybody else got it so priscilla had to immediately post underneath joey and clarify he's joking he's so silly don't y'all see that this isn't real and he's doing this and i was like so all the people that y'all are friends with priscilla is like your Hype man, uh, smooth over person like Joe. Oh, uh, look, Joey's joking right now. So whenever you're in front of your congregation at Seacoast James Island and you make a joke and you hear Priscilla die laughing, that means you're bombing. <laughs> but, uh, and I, I will say this though, like I feel uh, that I have gotten to a point now. Uh, that kind of stuff happens when I am off the cuff and I'm improvising. But if I sit down and write a sermon, I can pretty much now know for sure before going into it if a joke will bomb or not. Like I can think <laughs> about it. I can think about, is this easy for me to mm-hmm. deliver? Well, it, yeah. Will it be simple and will people get it? And it, I can check that off. And pretty much, I would say it's probably 99% now. I can know before saying it whether or not it yeah. worked. Let me ask y'all something real quick. Speaking of being a pastor, I was confronted with a really interesting situation. And I'm actually going to reserve my opinions because I think you guys will. Uh, I, I've already expressed my opinions to Priscilla and some other people. But I was, I was, I was just really shocked. It was unexpected. I guess because I'm a pastor, people, you know, feel like I would be super interested. But apparently, and people can Google where it's at. I googled it, but I don't remember where it's at. But in some state in America, there's a bunch of people that gathered together for prayer, and they saw some oil coming out of the walls, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we are, you know, standing on holy ground," sort of thing. And then they turned over, they saw the pastor's Bible pouring oil out as well. So. 
obviously, immediately, they're like, okay, this is something crazy. We've, we've got to do something because this is oil from God. We need to start anointing people. And then they notice that the Bible kept obviously. pouring out oil. So, right. <laughs> so they put the Bible into a Ziploc bag. And you can actually find a picture of it online, and so that way they can fill up the Ziploc bag with oil, put them in bottles. And uh, so basically, there's people telling me this, and they're looking at me very serious, and they said, um, we, we can probably get you a bottle. And they said, we've seen some amazing things happen, and I, we, we can go into that a little bit if you want to. But I'm just standing there somewhat dumbfounded because you don't always hear about a Bible that's pouring oil out. Now, I think that all of us would hear that. Well, not all of us, but most of us would hear that and have a, pro- a healthy dose of skepticism. Do you guys think that there is any way possible, you two, I already know what I think. Do y'all think that there's any way possible that God said, I am going to pour out some holy oil through this man's Bible? Any well, chance? I'll say, Does first God of all, do are, you, like are you sure you want to talk about this? Because I'm feeling very uncomfortable about it. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I, I don't think that that's, I mean, that, this is a good demonstration of a way that I think. So let me, I'll just put a Matt Carter hat on for a minute as if that's not the hat yep. I'm already wearing. But it's not about being certain about anything. And this is yep. where I sound stupid or get into trouble or sound arrogant. It's, I use the same thinking about this as any, it's, it's just skepticism. Like I'm a skeptic. What can I say? That's the, that's the same way I think about conspiracy theory. I don't think there's no chance. Right. But if I think that I can't, I don't have any choice but to operate on probabilities. If there are some miracles that do happen, which I believe is possible, I believe there are miracles, I believe there are conspiracies, stuff happens. Now, if I go to start picking and choosing which ones I think based on anything other than it, well, it could be and it's attractive to me and it might be true, well, then I'm probably going to take stabs at the wrong things. So now the ones that really were miracles, I'll probably be missing. And the ones that aren't, I may be <laughs> believing. So now I've got two things wrong. Whereas if I don't have any belief that that's true or don't act on it or don't give it any credence or act like it's one in a million or whatever you want to put on it, then I have more statistical likelihood to be more right in the long run about more things. So just imagine that there's all these possibilities. That's just no on, fun, though. That's okay. no fun. It, okay, but I'm more likely. It'd be way likely, more fun to be like, ooh, that one sounds actually like this. That's possible. It would be more fun. I'm just saying I am more likely to be right than other people are, are yeah, in the long sure. term. I don't know. I don't have any certainty, but I have degrees of certainty, which I act on to increase my overall odds of being more correct in the long run. So there's zero part of me that would put any credence into this. It sounds so dumb and unlikely, but I don't have to tell, I don't have to be certain that it's not true. I don't need to be certain it's not true. I need to, but I am, I have a, a very high skepticism of it and I will not waste any of there's plenty of if I'm investigate this now I've got a giant fucking list of miracles that my, that my next few weekends are ruined and most of them are going to turn up to be bullshit so it's not an efficient use of my even mental energy to consider such a thing is what yeah. I okay about. here's what I want to say and, and let, let me but, and and of course before it's nonsense you say, before you say yeah before you say that Toby my position is I don't want to I don't want to demean their character. I don't want to insult them. I don't want to say, are you guys serious? But I will say this, and and I don't want to go into the conversation that I had, but I will tell them this later. I'll say, look, the body of Christ is made up of all sorts of different people. 
I'm just telling you, I'm not one of those people that wants a bottle of this oil. And if it's real, then I'm missing out. But I'm just not that type. I, I'm not going to take this oil and believe that it's a special bottle of oil. And I would imagine that you could respect that. That's just not me. You know, I mean, I think that that's a fair assessment for someone that does believe that it's magic potions. Okay. How about no, but if somebody, but how about this though? Like, here, here's why it gets weird and crazy. If those same people said, hey, it's crazy, but the grocery store down the street is giving away all their food for free, you would listen and go immediately, right? <laughs> Even though that sounds crazy that a grocery Even store Even if it was forwarded to you by your uh, great aunt, that, right, right. then you would say, that's probably not true, and you wouldn't waste your time well, going maybe, down the but, store. Maybe, but I'm just saying, what, what I'm saying is, there, there's something you might believe in and there's something you're not, and that doesn't, you're right. My thing here is a lot of great people believe in stuff like this. We always make fun of Devin because Devin, he says, no, I didn't. But Devin used to forward us yeah. emails that said, if 30 people uh, forward this email, you'll get a free Applebee's meal. Yeah, free or something tank, like that, right? Gas will be free this day if we can get a million people to retweet. <laughs> if a million people <laughs> just don't, yeah, if a million people don't <laughs> fill up their tanks, it'll drop gas prices or so, whatever it is, right? So good people believe this. And I believe the reason why is because we all want to believe in something. We're, we're inclined yeah. To believe and have uh, believe in a God or believe in something greater, it's it's in our human DNA almost. But the Good thing that I dislike like is that it, it like why didn't Jesus pass out a, a shitload of oil? Why, why you know what I mean? Like like why why didn't why is it something like it, and there's Jesus and also this oil? Like is the oil is. Is Jesus, or it's just as good, or whatever it might be. Like that stuff is what blows my mind. Is that it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why do you, if Jesus is strong and a healer, and all the songs we sing and all the messages, why do you need this thing? Is is the oil healing him, or can Jesus heal him? Like, what? What do we need this physical thing? What? What is that? Like that? That's the thing that makes no sense to me. And if it's true. There'd be a live video of that Bible just filling up right. oil in a bag or something like so that. So how, that, how that's do why people not. explain, you know, how do people, at least the conspiracy theory community is is healthier, not healthier, but at least more adaptive to trying to acknowledge skepticism. But in a situation like this, why, what is the explanation for their resistance to evidence, proof, skepticism, putting a webcam on, on it 24-7, showing how the oil comes out, have a scientist come in and validate right. what they know to be true. Well, to, supposedly they would they have did. even a bigger they did do gos- that. What do you mean supposedly? No, they did have a scientist come in, and the scientist is very confused. He's never seen anything like that. Again, not, but this is, this is, is some, true. All right, right, this is written on a, a blog post about it. So I'm just saying they have covered that. There's a Saudi prince that wants to give you a million dollars. He says he has it. He just needs you to get your bank account information to put it in there. So well, here's what, here's what I was assuming too. When I was, when I was doing research, I thought for sure I would stumble on, on this and see at the bottom, click here for your bottle. And then what's your credit card information? Surprisingly enough though, the pastor said that God told him if he does not sell it, and try to make a profit, then God will continue to pour oil out of this Bible. The only problem, though, there is that automatically tunes people into, oh, wow, that well, then that this definitely isn't about that guy. He's not trying to make money off of it. But if, if he was able to position himself to where more and more people hear about this Bible, he's certainly going to get a big name out of the deal, and that's advantageous. Right, so it's not I all don't about think, money or directly right. about money, but... Well, also, it's just not true. Millions and millions and millions and millions, maybe billions of people hear about a new iOS update and figure out how to get it and all the stuff. 
but a healing oil that can heal your body. Everybody's like, yeah, maybe I never heard of it before. What I mean, most of the people listening right now haven't even heard about this. And, it, and the reason why is because it's not true and it hurts Christianity. It hurts religion, faith, God, all that stuff because it's bullshit to me. And I, and I feel bad because I know really great people believe in this and have hope and want people to be healed from it. But that's not true. You can't, I, there's no chance I want to sit in church and hear about how strong our God is and loving and graceful and healing that our God is. And also I need some oil from some place somewhere. That is it's offensive. It's offensive to me. Uh, the exact same way as how many people, how many Christians hear data online about global warming and go, that's bullshit. Uh-uh. I don't care what they say. I'm keeping this and I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know well, what that, I mean? Like, that's just show me yeah. the proof. Well, see, we're living in a dangerous but, but time where oil? proof is, is like that, though. That's what, that is very, that's what I'm saying. There's so many people. And I sound horrible. I sound language. like a jerk saying no, that. Yeah. That's what horrible. makes me, no, it does. It makes me feel awful that I would try to shoot something yeah. down when, and, and because somebody just said it was good. Yeah. They, somebody said something is from God and I'm just supposed to believe yeah. it? Yeah, I, I agree. I found it where they where the I got the science. There's a long blog sad, article, actually. but there's about twelve words on the science of it. He said he sent a sample <laughs> of the oil to a chemist, just a chemist, who says it's most similar to mineral oil, but that it isn't mineral oil. That's about it. If you get it, <laughs> that's I that, guarantee. That, but there's ten thousand things in the article that claim things like it gets heavier on my hands the longer. It's, there's stuff that you could scientifically validate so easily. Right. Well, it, I told you know, I, yeah, I told Toby because obviously we had we had talked about this a little bit beforehand. But I, you know, I asked. I was just like, well, well, why are you guys so convinced that this is something that is is from God? And they said, well, we have just seen so much good happen since we've been using it. And I was like, well, I mean, what's one of them? And so they recalled someone that's been in the hospital for a while, I think potentially paralyzed from the waist down. They said, we started using that oil, and he's he's wiggling his toes a little bit. And my thing is, okay, well, he's in the hospital. He's got 24-7 hospital care. They are constantly, I'm sure, giving him some sort of physical therapy and trying to help him walk again. And this is miracle oil and he wiggled his toes once or twice like it seems as if if it's miracle oil he would get right up like you read in the gospels when jesus said get up well, and well it's not even that though uh, and here i want to make it very clear the people that believe in stuff like this are the same people that give money to televangelists who are cheating on their wives, all this stuff. They are good people this isn't an indictment on people being stupid or dumb they literally are hoping this stuff helps people like that that story you just told those people are believing that this man could walk again yeah that's a good thing and, and that's they're more what persistent than that, i is am that, Wait. Is that somebody is somewhere is, is, is trying to be a snake oil salesman and say hey this thing will make you way better but all it is is some alcohol then when you drink it you get a little loopy and you think you're good or whatever it might be and that's what makes me so mad is also how about this so before this oil came around jesus wasn't as strong but now we've gotten this. Oil. I mean, in 2017, God finally says, hey, you know what you need to heal people? Oil. Not Jesus. Not prayer. Oil? Well, you know that's specific- not true. You know that's not true. Everybody knows if there was some oil that would heal people, it would be as more popular than aspirin. 
<laughs> right? Well, well unfortunately, they, they would though, you, you, saying, you're trying you to try remove to any that, basis. You're, you're trying to remove any biblical basis for oil, and unfortunately, you can't do that. So there is some precedence for. No, there is no bu- biblical basis for somebody in wherever town saying oil comes from a Bible. That's, no, 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 there's no, not a totally, biblical basis for totally. That. But what you were saying was. You know, is Jesus not as powerful now? But there, you know, James does say, you know, elders, if, you know, for the sick, elders pray, anoint them with oil. So there is something about it. Yeah, but it I doesn't totally say agree. the oil will heal you, though. It says God will heal you. It's not that we're taking yeah, the right. onus onto the oil now. Now we're saying that that oil, right. uh, elders, anoint uh, them with oil, the oil will heal them. Idolatry. No, you anoint them with oil. The, yeah. The, the church, no, the church I point. grew up in, my, my grandpa was a pastor. He anointed people with oil. He had this little little vial and uh, that he held oil, and he'd touch people's foreheads, and everybody would pray over them. But nobody thought that the oil did the healing. That right. That's a lie. Right. It, yeah. It, it, God can do anything he wants. I mean, yeah. and, and if he is using the oil, I'm 100% open to that. Just show me. Right. Put a video. On, uh, who wouldn't want to see a Bible filling a bag with oil? <laughs> I'd watch it every day. It'd be the most historically changing right. thing there, ever. There'd be Y'all, a revival I, like you've never believed, but they won't put the webcam up. Right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. for some reason, mm-hmm. Y'all, what's I have, the reason? I have been in situations that you just would not believe. I mean, this was like probably 10 years ago. I walked into a room, so I was not leading a church. I was uh, working under another pastor. And uh, they just said, hey, can we uh, pray over you? So I walk into this room, and it's these it's this married couple that apparently has like a, a niche when it comes to feeling the Holy Spirit's presence and everything. They start praying, and one of them turns to the other and is like, oh, my gosh, you feel that, right? And he's just, yeah, I, I do feel that. And they look at me, and they're just like, the anointing is just so strong on you. And I mean, it's just like this constant, they are seeing a different Mm -hmm. world and it puts me in a position of either I totally agree that you have a sixth sense that I don't have, or this is all bullshit and you are confused or you are really enjoying making this up. But I mean, it's crazy. people People live in a world where they are constantly hearing things, seeing things, feeling things, sensing Mm -hmm. an anointing, sensing no anointing, sensing evil spirits. Like there was a guy that actually walked into a church before, uh, this same church, and pointed uh, to the front of the church and said, I think there's an evil spirit up there. And he told the pastor that, and the pastor said, why? He said, well, it's really cold. He said, well, there's an AC vent right up, <laughs> right, right above. That's probably where it's at. Listen to this. That's Another not situation. usually what happens in that situation. That it's a good right. illustration of somebody with enough power to call the person out that had a right. whatever. But it's, you, you're not one to want to resist the person making a claim like that. The social structures are not so. And then when you have these whole realms where pushback is not right. possible or part of the the nature of the way that the it, it yep. works then it, that stuff's going to fester and there's going to be so much of it and you, it's just let me let me let me tell one more cuz I'm just on a roll here with these stories that I'm remembering when I was a youth pastor How are you still a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> When I was uh, after youth, all of this, you decided to still become a pastor. Yeah, I'm gonna stick it out. Well, it's because of people like you guys, Pete Ends, my wife. Because of our hallelujah. <laughs> well, so, the anointing is strong with you, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, let, let me. I'll let you finish this. But yes, I got two people on the last tour tell me about my anointing. By the way, how do you think that oh, makes yeah. me feel? How do you think that makes me feel? 
good. I mean, it should make no, you feel it good. No, it doesn't make me no, feel good. No, it makes good. you feel stupid. <laughs> it makes me feel stupid. And and that's right. that's you know what I mean? Like if it is whatever, but what am I supposed to do? Puff my chest up and get that and then now go tell the next person, well, since I'm anointed with I don't even know what the what they're talking about. I really don't. And right. I don't well, I, You I know don't what it is? Know. Psychologically, it makes you feel like a our God is speaking to you, and then you can impart wisdom and knowledge to this other person, meaning that our lives are valuable and that we have worth. But you, instead of intrinsically knowing, wait a minute, I'm here in the moment, and so it's way easier to say this oil will heal you and make you walk instead of knocking on your neighbor's door and going, "Hey, how you doing?" Listen, that's right, way let me harder. Ask you this. Uh, let me ask- magical oil is way easier to believe in than the normal thing where Jesus said, "Love your neighbor." Right. That's right, so way harder. That's why Jesus power said it. Out of it. This is a power related. Zero thing. power. Yeah. You just have to love this, somebody and and be kind and gracious and forgiving. Yeah. This Anointing is oil is way easier. This is going to hit a little close to home, but I am typically uh, moved in worship almost a hundred percent of the time. If that guy over there named Toby Morrell is leading it, is that strictly emotions, personal preference? I like that guy. He's got a dynamic voice and I know his personality. Or is there something to the point where when Toby says, I'm going to sing songs about Jesus, that God has something going on there, whether it's an innate ability that Toby has, whether it's something that God put there from childhood, like could someone get away with saying, yeah, there's kind of an anointing there? I don't know what to call it. Well, it depends. Is now it you got to define the word anointing, see, because these things that have these supernatural connotations often will come all the way down to a very ordinary right. sense where everybody has a little bit of anointing. And anointing just means the fact that well, this can whatever. So it, it just is going to get obscure real quick. But here's what yeah, but to pay so, attention to is the so power. So what do you call that? What do you call, call that? Whatever you, call you want. That? You call it talent. It's, it means the same thing in, yeah, in the, in the talent, lowercase but... scene, you know, just like just the plain definition. Well, I mean, he's a believer. He's got some, some, a little bit, a lot, or is it this special thing? But I'm telling you what you pay attention to is the power. I've been kind of just thinking about those things a lot, the power dynamics. But what, you know, you in any interchange, you just can ask yourself, what does this person get out of this or whatever? And there's a very strong advantage to somebody going to a person that they see Let's say me after show when I've just been on stage for 90 minutes. If you come up to me after show and tell me that I'm anointed, which you (laughs) already are predisposed to believe that I will think is a good thing that I would like to hear. Like certainly that would be the calculation the person had, not that I'd be resistant to such a notion. And then now this person already sees that I'm a person in a position of power and have authority, power, money, whatever it is that they perceive that I have. And now they have validated that and essentially said to you in just in a primate way, just in a anything way, like I am, subservient to you master now let's go do something together and i will be right next to you that is the power dynamic there he's i'm anointed he sees it he recognizes it he feeds it to me and i go yes you are you are right i have the anointing come with me thank you for recognizing it and now we have power to go somewhere together that's how that works And, and why is anointing always associated with healing music and message preaching, <laughs> right? Joey, you your house you can flooded. Gain the most by doing your things. house flooded. You did not think that the plumber and came and fixed it, and the guy that fixed your ceiling and all stuff was anointed, but he did more 
for your family and for all that than I have maybe ever done. I don't know. I think I know Nature, you, I know, I think nature I, Box may be an anointed company. Those snacks are good. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Speaking of that, though, I will say one anointed company. <laughs> if I was going to have to say anointed, I would say ZipRecruiter because they make things so happy. <laughs> no, they're not anointed. They are just talented, amazing, awesome, and just do a hell of a job finding the right candidate for you. And that, that's what I think is really cool. Like That's what I'm saying. The, the reason why we work with ZipRecruiter and they work with us is because they are just badass and do a great job. I mean, are you hiring right now? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Do you want to throw it out to hopefully God will help me find the best recruit? I mean, maybe God can. I, I'm not going to put anything past God, but God allows and helps us see things like ZipRecruiter. I'm, I'm going to say God ordained ZipRecruiter for us because it's just that good. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding uh, you. It finds them. In fact, 80% of employers, uh, who post a job on ZipRecruiter, get a quality candidate through this site within one day. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash badchristian. One more time, I'm going to say it for you folks that aren't listening too clearly. One more time, for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash bad Christian. And that's what I'm, that's what I, I really do want to uh, bounce off of that. We don't like, I, even with our ads, we don't do that because, oh man, God anointed them and they're so awesome. No, they work hard, they do good, <laughs> and they're proven to be real. ZipRecruiter's proven to be real. That's why we're working with them. That's why they're a giant company that do does really great work. I don't think of ZipRecruiter and go, they're anointed. No, I think, man, Hell of a job they do. All right, listen to this. Listen to this. I'm going to actually, someone actually sent this to me. They sought me out. They said, can I pray for you? I feel like the Lord has told me to pray for you. And then they sent me this. They, or this is word for word. I felt the Lord saying that you have a question on your heart for the Lord that will be answered in due time and to trust in him. That is absolutely true. I do have a question, but who doesn't? But I promise you, I do right. have a question that I would love for the Lord to answer. It what says, is it? What's the question? I don't want to tell you guys. <laughs> then he gave me then he gave me the word transformation for you that 2014, so this is 3 years ago, will be a year where he is going to bring something deep from within you. The picture or vision that I saw for you is hard to describe, but it was like He's going to fold you inside out. Kind of weird, but the only thing I could think of was a rose and how a rosebud is beautiful, but how a rose fully opened is even more beautiful and reveals its true beauty. And then she right. wraps it up by saying, just know the Lord has you on she his or mind. He? She. Uh, just know the just Lord has process. you on his mind and sees you. The power of the Holy Spirit was stirring strongly in me when he showed me these things. I'm excited for you and can't wait to hear what the Lord will do for you in you this year. So it's like that is... The implication is God. what has been God been doing up until this point. Now it's going to even be more. Like your life has been totally blessed and you've been doing a lot of stuff. But now, <laughs> now is the time this year. And, and like, I don't... This is what makes me so sad. That is meant in kindness and love and to be encouraging and all those things. So almost none of it is bad. 
but the outcome is what happens now if something bad happens this year? What if your entire family is murdered? What if you get cancer and die? Then everybody goes, well, maybe God isn't real. Maybe, uh, what were we thinking? What does that mean? Is God is weak. Or, uh, oh, we got to think of another answer. Oh, well, God uh, wanted to take him to heaven because that's way better. So that's what it meant. That's what God, like, you don't have any real concrete stuff to say. And it's so uh, uh, fantastical in a way that there's, there is nothing that you can stand mm-hmm. on in that. Okay. Like, if, I, I you base say- your, if you base your life this year on that email, it will turn out horribly bad no matter how good your life is <laughs> now, I that's will, true i will say this though that i have i have had experiences with people that were not showy that had zero agenda and they felt that they were totally. being obedient to the lord and i feel Agree. that it was sure. 100% okay me too for but- me that it built me up and that it was from the Lord. Like, Toby, you've uh, read Mike Breen's stuff. Well, when our church was super connected with uh, 3DM Ministries, he prophesied over me. It was just the two of us. It was in a very humble, I think this is the Lord, but I, I'll never forget what he said because it was very timely. And I was like, I, people call me crazy, but I'm pretty sure that's from the Lord. I haven't told but maybe two or three people because it's not something to share with everybody. But I do believe that this Absolutely. is real. Well, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in God. I believe in whatever anointing is. I, I believe all that stuff's there. But here, you know, I didn't know we were going to talk about this or any of that stuff we said earlier, just random conversation today. But. This is how this works. This is uh, it's the same thing as the snake oil and the other stuff. Once something is understood, you can begin to recognize it. Now, the reason that the scams or the power grabs and all these things, they mimic things that are real in the first place. This is how they arise, okay? So, uh, you know, for, for what I understand here, I clicked on that blog post, and then I went— they. It's not innocent, okay? So I, it didn't take me long to figure out, but because I'm awake to these things, I know how these things work. So I just in the last two minutes while you're talking, I figured out how this thing works. So um, <laughs> what you, you you go there, and you're right. They didn't have a link to sell anything, so they must be all good, right? No, it's a sign-up for an email list, though. So I signed up for the email list. Then I got an email. The email directs me to this other place. And then from the email there, you go into this. Eventually, you wind up at their store, and they're selling a service that's 100 an hour, 250 an hour, fi- full day, $500. And it's wellness, mind, body, spirit, stuff, blah, 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 blah. It is for selling things. Right. It is for that. That is the That is what this is. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not other people that are anointed, but this one should be exposed, in my right. opinion, because it's, it's, that's what, at least you should know what it is, but it, it mimics everything about a traditional business funnel where you use MailChimp, you give away, a th- we do it too. I give away free music and hope that they like it so that they'll buy the whole album later. We, I do the same thing. I set up an email campaign that has an autoresponder that, that will, you give them this, then they trust you, then you give them this, and eventually they join the BC club one day, of course. I mean, that's that, but it's, but it's, it's transparent kind of thing. And of course, course, the difference is it's not dishonest or manipulative or trying to appeal to someone's deep. That's why we say don't give us your tithe money. Don't give us your tithe. If you want to donate to this, I've got to let you know what it is. Honestly, yes, I use emails, use autoresponders, those things to, to do it, but it's it's on the it's it's at least transparent or you don't you're not getting the wool pulled over your eyes or something like this, but this just follows the general tactics of anything you'd ever want to sell spiritually related or not. This is by the book on how you would do it. And except for it's got to be wrong to do that with people's spirituality. It must be wrong. 
So I'll, I'll go so far as to say a regular, I mean, it's wrong. Not like I'm not with it. That's just, it's, that's a, it's a, it's a dishonest, bad thing to do that preys upon the, the very most important thing in the world, spirituality, God. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's gotta be about as low as it gets. I know. That doesn't if, mean if telling, everything with oil is bad. Doesn't mean everybody that sells something that's a Christian is bad. Doesn't mean that. It just means that the things in this world that are dishonest will mimic the things that are honest. And so then you have to learn how the world works as part of being mature. And then you know, and I, I think even good pe- people can get caught up in it on the buying and selling end. It's, it's just natural tendencies of people that emerge, but. That's why we have to do stuff like this podcast, and you got to do the dirty work of talking about stuff or resisting or pushing back things that are uncomfortable, and that's what you got to do. So, hey, do you before, think but, but, before you uh, before you give me uh, some kind of crazy healing oil or tell me that gold dust is falling from the ceiling, just talk to me and hand me a sandwich. Like seriously, <laughs> like get, don't make it a Game of Thrones. That it's it's so clear, like seriously. Let's be real with each other. There's real things you can do to help people and listen and grow and communicate and all these things. Let's do those. Why would we get so caught up in the it, it, National Enquirer magazine yeah. stuff? Like, the, I mean, yeah. it's just it's bizarre. I'm telling you this to be true. I'm not saying I'm the one out there on the ground doing it, but I know logically it to be true that the real work of the gospel and anointing and ministry is being done in places where money nor power are the things to be gained. That is, has to be true. It's a great point. It must be true that you wouldn't hear about it if it is real is the way I would look at it. Right. Not oils and all that bullshit. I'm just saying somebody somewhere is fulfilling the gospel and help somebody and ain't nobody ever going to know about it. And it doesn't turn into a platform or something Mm -hmm. where there's no power. There's no power incentive to just help somebody. I mean, the worst you could, the most cynical you could be is he went out there and helped that guy move his car out of the ditch and witnessed to or ministered or prayed with a homeless guy and nobody ever knew it, but he just did it to make himself feel better. That's the worst you could ever say about that. But that must be, and I don't think that's, I'm not that cynical to even say that, like go for it if you can do that stuff. But the real helping yeah. people, the real gospel advancement must be must be being done outside of where money and power are the the agenda. They must be. Yeah. I assume that's happening. I'm not even saying I'm the one doing it. I'm just saying I assume that's where the advances for the gospel and the church are occurring. Yeah. Well, anyway, with all that being said, um, I want to tell people before we wrap up about the BC Club and at all of our levels, uh, we are introducing uh, BC anointing oil. And um, we we feel strongly about this product. Toby, where is it being secreted out of? <laughs> It, well, it, it, so far the oil from Bad Christian only helps hemorrhoids. Yep. So that it, it's it's not anointing oil; it's anal oil. But it, once you put it on there, it makes a huge difference. Where's the oil your life har- harvested and secreted from? Joey's sweat glands sweat. under his pits. <laughs> okay, it's daily. Oh goodness! Ooh. But Chad, Chad Medlin, Tim Eller, Aaron Cheek, Mike Nicely, Rafael Martins, Theodore Cleveland. Christina Hopkins, Josh Turner, Jackie Bond, and Jonathan M. Cornwell. Thank you guys for joining the BC Club. They did that by going to thebcclub.com. There's 
a few ways of supporting us. One is just by clicking on an Amazon link and doing your shopping through our link. We get a little kickback, but you can also join the BC Club, which, you know, it's pretty much a big win just by getting an extra podcast weekly and having access to a pretty cool community on Facebook. A lot of new friendships are being made, lots of good thoughts being thrown out there, lots of fun, lots of jokes and that sort of thing. But uh, at certain levels, you even get all of the musical releases, all the books. And Let's uh, talk about you know, a couple of those so far. So w- something that uh, is real exciting about that is everybody got the Matt and Toby record, which is, by the way, unbelievable. out. It's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. It's anointed. It's out Thank now. And what the the only thing we ask anybody to do there now that the thing is out, just go get it on Spotify. Find the artist Matt and Toby, the I Quit Church album. It's the new one. I think we might have two different little profiles there on Spotify, but go find the one that has I Quit Church on it. Follow it. Listen to it. It's you know either free or you already pay for Spotify, but that's it'll pay us, and I think you will like it. We do a bunch of worship songs and some original songs on this album that we feel really good about and I'm like I said I'm asking you to do these kinds of things directly we have a book about Emory that Aaron Lunsford just wrote and you can either pre-order it when Reva when is that thing available or shipping BC Club members are already getting it but yeah but what about the general public when can they buy that thing they can buy it now so buy the book from Aaron Lunsford I think it's a shipping or will be shipping so there's digital copy the book is a, basically what I'd consider a, a somewhat of an unauthorized biography about Emory written from the guy that knows us cumulatively the best. And uh, the book's about Joey, us, everything. And uh, it's got a bunch of stuff in it that I find uncomfortable and authentic and true. Is I can say it's all probably true, but it doesn't make us all look good and it's not that comfortable to read. Right. Um, but I think you'll get a kick out of reading it. And Lunsford's a good, a good writer. I enjoy his style as well. So it's not, yes, it's not so much a biography, but it's just his writing style talking about us as a subject. You can get that at emorymusic.com or badchristian.com. But the club members have been enjoying those things already. So we'd love to have you join the club and buy the stuff that we're selling to you that's the way it works that's right and remember i got true man coming up it's all it's kansas city all the way the east coast all the way to some of the midwest go to truemanexperience.com you can find all the dates near you sure would appreciate it and uh yeah th- this has been a good episode i think too one thing you know just, just th- this is what i'm saying like matt you're right <laughs> How cat if it, if it's true, it'd just be casual. Like, yeah, the other day I was casting out demons, and then put on some essential oil, and then I watched the NFL essential game. Oil. That might, I mean, I mean uh, anointed oil and essential oil. So, yeah, and uh, and we'll so then I watched the NFL. Then I watched the NFL football game. You know, I mean, like that that would that would make me believe it more than somebody going. Let me tell you about this thing. Like, if it was common and normal, okay. But when anything's like that, forget it. But anyway, I got to go. I got to cast out demons. Me too. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. <laughs>